Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's another lovely Sunday here on Oops, I Missed Church on KMZN. And this is a special week. I'm recording here in studio in Oskaloosa, my sweet hometown. And I'm not alone. I've got a guest with me. Please welcome Jared. Jared, how do you say your last name? Boysen. 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 Like Boysenberry. Yep, exactly. Nice. Right on. Jared, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, This is our first time meeting, friends, and I'm so glad to have you here. You're a musician. I've heard some of your songs. I really enjoy the stuff you've put out. And I'm curious just about your story. How long have you been in Oskaloosa? Uh, I've been here a little over 10 years now. Um, Nice. I moved here for a girl, and we were together for Uh. a few years. Didn't work out, so... Where'd you come from? Uh, uh, Montezuma, so it's... Oh, yeah, okay. Montezuma's about a half hour from here, I, th- I believe. Nice, so yeah. That's where I grew up, went to went to school, graduated and all that. So. Wow. So you've been in the mild, mild west, as I like to call the Midwest, your whole life? Yep, pretty much, yep. Do you want to be here forever? No. No? No, I don't do cold or snow or winter and all, all that stuff. Wow. I I would, uh, I would, I would greatly appreciate, or uh, you know, just a very. Uh, it would be awesome to be able to live somewhere warm and uh, be able to, uh, you know, view the uh, different sides of the country. You know? Yeah. So. Have you gotten to travel much? A uh, little bit, but not a whole lot, really. Yeah. Over, over my lifetime, no. Uh, I I live in Texas now, and it's too hot for me down there but you might like it yeah because it's a lot warmer than here kind of like a dry heat isn't it yeah it still gets i mean the summers are similar to here because i know it gets crazy hot here in the summer but the winters are super mild and it's like yeah it's just really nice during the winter i like winter down there but nice yeah i could definitely take some of that yeah yeah i think you'd like texas you should check it out sometime yeah that's, um, that's actually on my bucket list. I was I was thinking oh, about nice. a few years ago. I was kind of looking at certain areas to maybe travel and mm-hmm. you know, do some sightseeing. And, and Texas was definitely one of those places. So it just recently hit the like second most populated state. I guess it's up. It's up to thirty million now. I think. Wow. Like California, and so and people in Texas are kind of annoyed with how many Californians are moving in. I suppose that's but, from some of the the. Uh, uh, what do they call those immigrants and people coming? Yeah, a lot of immigration, and then but also just a lot of transplants from other states. Okay, because I know that a lot of people, especially for like business owners and stuff, with California, there's so many regulations and different things that it makes it hard to have a business there. And in Texas, it's more free of regulation, I guess. Okay, so, yeah. a little more pricey down there to live too. Uh, in the cities, I think so. If you're in a smaller town, it's not as bad, but all of the cities are getting more expensive. I'm in San Antonio, which is a really nice kind of mixture of, it feels more small town than big city in a lot of ways. Okay. And it's just below Austin. And Austin is kind of like the most Californized city in Texas because that's where it's like where the it's the big music city and kind of showbiz city but San Antonio is much more it feels more Mexican influenced like there's a lot more Mexican culture and then it's also military city because there's a huge army base there and so a lot of different you just get a really cool mix of all kinds of different people and everybody's really friendly for the most part nice which I appreciate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely something for me too. If, if I go somewhere, it's it's got to have some nice people, you know. Yeah, definitely. 
Because that's something like, I don't know if you've been to the East Coast as much. People are, because really people are nice. You'll find nice people everywhere, I've learned. But there there is certain cultural sort of just uh, normalcies or thing, like cultural standards of places. And in the uh, Upper East Coast, the Northeast, everybody seems grumpy from the cold and just kind of like so crowded that they want to keep to themselves kind of. So it's not quite as friendly. But that's kind of different everywhere you go, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but cool. So you've been here for about 10 years in Oskaloosa, and you play music. What else do you do? What's, what do you love? I like asking that question. What do you love? What do I love? Um, that is a good question. Um, I, I love connecting with people. Um, hmm. I've always been a people person, and that's, that's been nice. the weird thing for me because um, the last 20 years and being in the in the – uh, the alcohol abuse and stuff like that, that kind of mm. took me away from all that. It, it, it kind of made me be reclusive. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a lot of things in my past and stuff like that really, um, uh, you know, just kind of shied me away from the ability to connect with people mm. over the years. And that's just always something, you know, that I've, I've loved. You know, I remember when I was about 18 years old, getting out of high school and, um, one of my very first jobs was uh, being a carny. Oh wow! So there's a small setup um, in uh, in I- I- Iowa town, which was not too far away from here. And um, so this guy went out on the weekends and just set up the rides and ran the rides, and it was just like this small carnival deal. And huh. it was super fun, you know, especially when you're that that age, you know, yeah. 18 years old, and you're you're meeting girls and all that kind of thing. But yeah. it was just the fact that I was able to see other people enjoy themselves and meet a lot of other people. You know, that was a huge thing for me back then. And yeah, just got got away from that over the years. You know, and mm. you do have a little bit with that. You know, when it comes to music, you know, playing for out sure. gigs and stuff like that. You know, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love a lot of things. I, I love food. I love yeah. um, free time, my own free time. And um, that's one thing that I really enjoy right now with 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 my life and, and my home business is is being able to uh, enjoy my own free time when I want yeah. to. So uh, that's a true blessing for me. And, and uh, I'm, I'm truly thankful for for having that ability right now. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, I, I can't say that I've got a bunch of hobbies or anything like that right now. Um, mm-hmm. Music's kind of the one thing, but uh, you know, if I if I could do music one time full time, like all day long, you know, I would probably do that. I just I can't I can't get away from the the home business right now. It just won't lo- allow me to do that. You know. Yeah, so and I, it's I, harder too in smaller places like this. I feel because there's just not as many opportunities. To play gigs and stuff. Right, yeah. But. Yep. And what you want to achieve with music is kind of hard, you know. If you want to get out there and, and really do something with your music and, and make it something, um, you know, you have to either look for a manager or. Yeah, um, there's a lot to it. You know, you got to market yourself. You have to put mm-hmm. it out there. There's a lot of time and energy and, and money that goes into that. So. Yeah. You know, how far do you want to push it? How much do you want to put into it? You know. Yeah, man. I have lots of friends that are that do full-time music and it's just I can tell it's pretty exhausting sometimes just because if you are going to try and live off of your music and what you make you've really got to kind of make a lot of sacrifices and give up a lot of things, you know. 
where one of my good buddies, I'm always inviting him to go to shows with me, but he can't go because he's got a show. And so it's yeah. just like, yeah, that's something you have to do, you know? Yeah. And yeah, lots of sacrifices. Yeah. So how long were you a carny? That's like such a romantic idea to me. I always <laughs> thought it'd be so fun to work for a carnival or a circus or something. I would say probably two to three years. Okay. Uh, two to three summers I did that. Just like from right out of high school into yeah. your 20s? Yeah, yeah. I think the last couple of years of high school, so it was like a summer job, you know? Nice. Um, so it was just something to do for extra cash and then go back to school. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And did you go to college or no, anything? No. No? no. Nice. Me neither. I uh, I barely graduated high school, <laughs> um, and uh, I just didn't enjoy school. See, I... I think I would have probably enjoyed school a little bit more if I hadn't gone through some of the things that I went through. And, you know, a lot of that was being bullied and, and pushed around through, mm. throughout my entire school year. So um, that really, you know, made it hard to focus yeah. on anything, you know, so. It's crazy to me how mean kids can be, you know, and just like, and now, because I think bullying still exists, but there is, there does seem to be, you know, back in the day, I think bullying was a lot more intense and could just be really defeating to a person, you know? Yeah, I think there's different ways, you know, just like the way that we live life today is different than it was back then. Right. So I think it's still there, still prevalent, definitely. Definitely. Um, and now it's mostly online, I feel, too. Yeah, yeah. With a lot of that. And it's still super sad the way some kids treat each other. Yeah, but, and adults. I mean, <laughs> geez, some of the stuff I see adults write online, I can't believe because it's like, how old are you? You know, it's yeah. so yeah. childish and just mean spirited. You know, but yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. You know that um, you know some people just have to go through life um, in certain ways, and then they you know eventually might find that path, and and you know if they they reach out and they search enough, they can they can eventually find that. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about your your faith and your journey there and kind of just that whole story as far as how you came to know the Lord and what that looks like, if you feel comfortable talking about it. Sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, my story is uh, different from anybody else's, and I, I know everybody else is different. I'm not saying that because I feel special in any way, mm. um, but I, I did come from a rough childhood of being bullied through school. Um, my family didn't go to church at all. Um, we grew up in the, in the country on a farm. Um, okay. So there's a lot of time freedom there, you know, freedom yeah. to do basically whatever you wanted to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I've always been, I, I know for a fact I've always been sort of a, a person that has the, the uh, intuition, what people call a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. about certain things and i think that's spiritual i think that's a very strong connection to god um mm. I, I i in fact think that that's probably one of the biggest connections that you have with god is is those intuition yeah uh, or what some people would call discernment um but i just never knew anything about it i didn't know how to use it so um you know the last 20 30 years i just made a lot of really bad decisions in my mm. life and uh you know, as soon as I started playing rock and roll and got into music, you know, I grew my hair out long, you know, mm -hmm. and I started, uh, I started living the lifestyle of rock and roll guitar player, you know? Yeah. And, um, so with that was, you know, the sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole, whole right. you know, package. Package deal. Um, so, 
uh, definitely some wrong. So it, I, for me, it was a matter of, you know, finally, and then after, you know, the, the 20 years plus of alcohol abuse, it was just enough was, was enough. Like I had to make a change. Mm. And I got to the point where I was actually pretty concerned um, that alcohol was going to take, take my life. Mm. And, you know, I reached out to a buddy of mine. And he was in my first band, you know. He was uh, the other guitar player in, in my very first band, and and uh, he's a good friend of mine still. He's been doing things with his church for the last ten years, and um, really, really good guy, um, true brother, you know. And yeah. so he came over and uh, started helping me out, started answering some of my questions, and we'd talk about things out of the Bible, and and um, um, so that was roughly about five years ago, and that's when a lot of things for me changed. Um, I started praying. I started putting my my faith and my belief into my prayers, um, mm. and I started to change my mindset. That, I think that was the biggest thing. Was, you know, aside from uh, praying and stuff like that, um, was changing my mindset from negative. You know, wake, waking up in the morning, you know, and and you're just really, you know, negative everything. You know, from the from the minute yeah. that you wake up, you know, it's it's you don't want to deal with life. You don't want to deal with your job. You don't want to deal with people. And how that changes simply by consciously trying to change your mindset to be positive every yeah. single day. Um, so huge improvements for me over the last five years. Um, there was a point where I was at a church in Pella about that oh. time, yeah. um, which is a, a town just outside of Oskaloosa here. Yeah. And um, God spoke to me that night. Um, there was a movie event um, and... And it came up in my email, so I went to check it out, and I asked my my friend, my good friend, if if he would, um, you know, come with me. And then I asked a buddy of mine from from uh, where I used to work, and and he come to to hang out with us that night too. And the movie was awesome, um, just a lot of great inspiration for me. And um, it happened that night, you know. Uh, mm. I I truly feel like God spoke to me and. I'm not saying that because I feel like I'm special in any way. I believe everybody receives messages in their own way. Yeah. Um, but I've just had a lot of experiences that I can't explain in the mm. last five years. And so if we go back on the Bible and what the Bible teaches us in the Old Testament when um, Abraham was going through his life, um, knowing God, Abraham, you know, that was all spiritual. Yeah. Um, and then it went, you know, it passed on to Moses. Same thing with Moses. Knowing God, everything about that was spiritual. They never actually saw God. Right. Everything about those encounters were spiritual. Um, so there's a lot of connection with that into into where I'm at nowadays. Mm. That's so cool. I love that because I think I believe that God is in pursuit of everyone, you know, and longs to be in relationship with us in this way where we can actually begin to believe in our own belovedness. Because I think that's one of the hardest things for us to grasp as humans is that we're actually lovable, you know, and that we were designed and created intentionally and on purpose, you know, rather than just here by randomness and just kind of out of nowhere just happen to appear. I think that there's way more order and design to everything where God is actually speaking into creation and pursuing each of us so that we would come to know him and actually have fullness of life rather than just kind of move through begrudgingly and in this negative mindset that you were talking about. And I think that's why it's so easy to get 
caught up in things like alcohol abuse or drug abuse and stuff because we're trying to fill this longing that we're all born with. And it's super encouraging to hear you talk about that and just hear that God got a hold of you, you know, because I think if we, a lot of times it's just a matter of accepting the invitation, you know, and realizing that we just need to say yes to it rather than quit trying to run away from it. Because I think we all, especially with so many churches and stuff, I think people feel kind of just condemned or judged to the point where they feel they don't want any part of it. Yeah. And it's missing the point when they feel that way, you know, and sadly any institution or thing that has humans involved with it is going to have flaws. But I, yeah, it's, it's important that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to that. And so that's cool that you've had that experience. And a lot of times I think it does require hitting a sort of rock bottom you know, where you have to realize, oh, I can't keep living like this or I can't go on anymore in this way. Definitely. And yeah, it's yeah, important. It's, uh, it's the saying that goes around and not m- many people know about is, is people are, humans like to suffer. Hmm. They like to put themselves through that suffering. And, and inside of that suffering, there's things around us that we can reach for for comfort that are going to comfort us. Sub- yeah. substances, you know, alcohol, for example, and stuff like that, because you get that euphoria, you get something that makes you feel good. And I think the other part of that, um, that you were talking about definitely is, is the society and, and how we grew up and things that are put around us. Yeah. You're a product of your own environment, right? Right. So, um, for me, you know, I, I didn't grow up in church, for example, but, um, I can, I can, you know, I can't really, you know, so I can't really contest of, of other people that go through, you know, being born into a family that goes to church all the time and makes that a routine because I haven't done that. But, you know, hmm. we, we can definitely talk about and, and think about that, you know, there are churches out there that do um, have maybe some wrong teachers or maybe teachers that are teaching the wrong thing mm-hmm. um, and make it feel like more of a conformity than rather yeah. than rather a worship of our Lord, you know, mm. so. Yeah. I don't know if I said anything that made sense there or no, not. No, you but. did. Yeah, you're good. Um, each week, I sometimes mention it, I sometimes don't. I, ta- I like talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so this week, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And I'm curious what type of stuff brings you joy or how you find joy in life. It's really, for me, it's really, it starts at, at the begin, beginning of every day. It's, it's waking up and being thankful for every, every single day and every single moment and, and trying to, you know, when you go through a process of trying to change your, uh, your mindset to positive and, and things of that nature, and as you're going through learning God's Word and, and what God puts in the Bible, which is nothing but true enlightenment and truth and knowledge hmm. um, to be able to accept that you know you can I think then try and form a better opinion of what life is around you and have an, an appreciation for that if that makes sense yeah um, so yeah for me it's always the little things you know for me it's always um, you know just uh, the sunshine like it is today you know mm-hmm. and and being able to enjoy you know uh, December 29th, you know, 2022, winter Iowa, and it's like 60 degrees outside. Yeah. You know, I it's love crazy. everything about that. Um, 
<clears throat> the little things, uh, really, definitely for me, because it's always it's always the little things that make up the big things. Mm-hmm. Um, I always go back on the song by the band Blank One Eighty Two, and, and oh yeah, that's kind of the music that I used to listen to back in the day, you know. And I that's I truly believe that it's all the little things that make up the big things, um, mm. and and uh, so yeah, I, I I I enjoy a lot of things. I enjoy. Um, you know, conversation with people, if it's meaningful conversation, mm-hmm. um, things that really mean something nowadays. Um, yeah. Uh, opposed to, um, you know, it could be like maybe even like the, the smallest thing, like a guitar riff. Like if I'm on YouTube, you know, and I'm, I'm checking out YouTube before I go to bed one night and I'm watching some music and this guy does like a crazy guitar lick, you know, it just makes me want to pick up my guitar and try something right there. Yeah. Um, That's so. cool. When did you start playing music? Um, I was 15. Oh, nice. When my grandparents got me my first guitar, so. That's cool. Um, so yeah, about 30, 30 years, 35 years. Nice. So did you grow up with many siblings? Um, it, I have a sister. I have okay. an older sister and an older, uh, a younger brother. We're all okay. two years apart. <clears throat> oh, nice. And then after my mom got remarried, um, in 85, um, my stepdad had, some of his kids, some some kids. Gotcha. So we all had to live together in this house and mm. tr- try and get along. So at that time, I had three older stepbrothers and one older stepsister. And that's also when I got influenced with uh, the 70s, 80s, early 90s, rock and roll, metal yeah. type of music. Um, one of my stepbrothers had like the biggest home stereo system I've ever seen <laughs> and he used to crank it every every chance that he got right <laughs> and you know like Motley Crue and some of those old yeah hair bands and stuff like that was a pretty big influence on me you know so nice that's cool so how, you said you play mostly at church now if yep. I remember right yep. and I'm curious about some of the older bands you played in or how many bands you played in in the past and if you ever did any touring or anything, or if it was mostly local stuff and what that looks like. Um, yeah, not, not really touring as far as getting outside the States and, and traveling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a little over 20 years ago, I was with a band from Des Moines, and uh, we were talking about getting a record uh, record deal and all that. You know, We were going yeah. through the emotions and played a ton of shows that first year. Um, didn't work out, you know, but... Uh, it is what it is. Um, I would say I'd probably, as far as actual bands that I would classify as a band that would play out and gig somewhere, mm-hmm. I would say probably, you know, 10 or less. Not that oh, many. Wow. Yeah, I have still... played with a lot of musicians, though. Yeah. So. That's cool. Get, definitely get the uh, experience um, playing right. with, with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you get that... Um, that ability to, to connect with others, you know, musically. And uh, that's where the real chemistry comes in play, you know. Yeah. So it's almost like having a conversation and connecting with somebody. Right, you know, so. yeah. There's something so magical about playing music together because I feel it is its own language in a lot of ways. And I, yeah, I just love jamming with friends and stuff. And even if it's not, there's not like a itinerary or motive necessarily. It's just to enjoy each other and create something new, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you and, play? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I play guitar a bit, and um, I sing and play piano some, too. Nice. But mostly mellow stuff. 
So not... Hey, I'm a sucker for ballads. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just... Yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I grew up in the church, and so my ability to start playing music kind of started in church because I was able to lead worship in high school and stuff, and that kind of introduced me into it, and then I started writing my own stuff and kind of... But it mostly just like me and an acoustic guitar, you know? Nice. Um, but I've always loved... Just the community that forms with music and the, the friends that you can make through playing music together. And, and uh, there's just something so special about creating something corporately, you know. And I like doing it alone, too, but I think there's something special when you can get a group together and actually produce things and put things together. They're so It's just such a fulfilling experience to me. It feels like very meaningful, you know to create art with other people like that. I think it's really special. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy, you know, writing and recording at home, but you know, you're by yourself for the most part. Yeah. You know, and I just found, you know, just, just what you said, you know, this, one of these last songs that I recorded, I reached out to a, a buddy of mine and had it been, you know, me recording the song and doing it myself, it'd be like, yeah, okay. It's, you know, do you like this? And I'll, I'll send it off to somebody else to listen to and see if mm -hmm. they like it. But what you just said is is the key, I think, is is having other people and having that uh, corporation and then collaboration with other people yeah. really makes the magic work with the music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, I don't know. It's there's nothing like it. I feel because it's, I'm music has always been the art form that I felt most comfortable in or kind of like the easiest for me to get into and start building something. You know, rather than like painting or drawing or some type of art like that. It's just with music, it seems to kind of, it feels transcendent almost like you kind of get in a different wavelength or something. And I really enjoy that. And just, I'm so grateful for all of the relationships I've built through music. And even like when I moved to Texas, I, I didn't have any friend. I didn't know anybody moving down there and I prayed to God for friends. And the next day I met a guy who introduced me to three other guys and we all were in a band together for a while and it just was so crazy how quickly it happened where I just met this one guy and then got plugged in and was able to we recorded a record together and put it out and it was so it was just so like exciting and cool how quickly it happened and felt like such an answer to prayer just in real time you know because yeah. I couldn't believe how quickly I made all these friends that are now like lifelong friends and so it was such a cool experience yeah that's awesome you know and and uh, i you know i just thought of you know while you were telling that it's just uh, how god provides for us yeah you don't really have to know what the outcome is or try and figure out what the outcome is you mm -hmm. just have to trust that god has the plan right yeah i think that's so easy to forget sometimes because we see we get so caught up and so needing to know what's going to happen you know or we love to have the plan laid out before us and see this step's going to lead to this step and this and that, you know, rather than just trusting that everything's going to be okay and fall into place like it's supposed to. And I have seen time and time again in my own life of that actually come to fruition where if I kind of just step back and allow God to work and just trust in His goodness, it, it it's crazy how often it it just works out, you know? Yeah. Can I tell a story on that real quick? Please. Yeah. 
Um, so one of this last, these last songs that I did, um, I wrote for my aunt because she wrote a poem, a beautiful poem for mm. a friend of hers that just passed away. And I don't know if I sent that to you or not. Yeah, the YouTube one, I think. Yeah, it's right? called Guide. Yes. Um, so as I was going about trying to, you know, record that, you know, and, and I'm sure you know as, as being a musician, when, when you're trying to write and record a song, you want it to kind of come off in a certain way. You want to be able to have that connection with other people when they listen to the song. Mm-hmm. So there's, there can be a lot of thought process into a song. And where I was with that song starting out, I didn't, I didn't like one bit, you know. So, <laughs> so I was struggling, you know. I just, I, I, uh, I put it down, and I, I didn't listen to it for a while, and I just didn't know the direction or how I wanted to go about trying to fix that. But as the song was sitting by itself, I didn't really like it, you know. So, yeah. Um, so it was getting late one night, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and I'm on my my phone, and I'm doing some TikTok and some. Um, marketing, you know, for my business that I do. And I took a video of my Christmas tree I picked up because I, I've been feeling very festive this, this year <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, having the Christmas spirit. Um, so I bought this little Christmas tree from uh, Walmart. And um, So anyways, I took a video of the Christmas tree and I'm trying to figure out, you know, if you're familiar with TikTok, you can put, you know, any kind of music or something behind the video right. before you post it, you know, and that's when it happened. I, f- I found this song um, by this artist and just the song just blew me away and it was just huge it was like almost like goosebumps you know mm-hmm. and it just blew me away and that was the inspiration that I got for writing that song oh cool and uh, it just happened you know just just yeah just kind of out of nowhere yeah I love that it's so fun how quickly it can happen sometimes you know or, or and not necessarily quickly because it feels that you have to wait a while for those moments to sort of strike but when they do and, and it just happens like that in a snap it's so fulfilling and exciting you know yeah yeah sometimes i'm like i gotta write this down yeah <laughs> exactly i i got this i was gifted a leonard cohen poetry book and oh yeah it's so good it was the, released after he died by his son and the forward his son was talking about how his dad would just have he would write all the time and there on anything, you know, there'd be napkins or different things that he would just constantly be writing down these ideas and poems and different things. And it's so, it's just a really inspiring poetry book to read because I think he was so great at just crafting together ideas and putting them so poetically and artistically. And that was an inspiring read. I can't remember what it's called now because I don't have the book right in front of me. I think that's one of my biggest fallbacks is is writing lyrics. I just have a hard time mm. thinking that I'm coming up with something good, you know. Yeah. yeah, just kind of the self-doubt sort of. It might be, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like some people can just sit there and as soon as they have a notebook in front of them, they can just start writing. I, I yeah. Can't, I can't really do that. I yeah, I struggle with it sometimes too because – and it's – I think a lot of it is just the continual practicing of it, you know. And yeah. that's much easier said than done. Because so often I'll have an idea hit me and a lot of the songs I've written have done, I've done just in one go, you know, when it all kind of came to me at once, fortunately. But some of them are long, drawn out processes, too, where I'll get like one verse and then sit on it for a month or something. Yeah. You know, and then <laughs> try and come up with more for it a little later on. But, yeah, it's fun 
Well, I don't, I don't feel process. so bad then. Yeah, don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a normal, normal thing. Um, well, awesome, man. We've been talking for about 30 minutes. I usually do two segments where because it's a two-hour show, so... Okay. Um, I'd love to maybe take a break. Can we listen to that song, that guide song? Yeah, you bet. And put it on the radio. So let's listen to that, and then we'll take a little break and come back and talk some more. Sounds good. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Unspoken words, it is your time. 
Again, beloved listener, it's the second hour now, and I'm still here with Jared Boisen. 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 Boisenberry. You got it. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, Jared, thanks again for doing this with me. Um, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, man, I did. Um, uh, you know, our, our Christmas at my mom's, we wasn't able to do that because I've been sick the last three weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. But, it's no fun. Yeah. And, you know, I, I miss church because of that, too. I was kind of bummed that I wasn't able to do church service for, for Christmas this year. Yeah. Um, aside from being sick, yeah, it was, it was good. How about nice. you? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I got to go to London, and that was my first time doing Christmas outside of America. That's awesome. So that was, was it cool. Your first time there? Uh, my third time, actually. Okay. Yeah, I went once earlier this year. I have this. I had a digital pen pal for like three years from Australia, and we got to meet for the first time in August in real life in London, and then we fell in love. And so she came here for Thanksgiving, and then um, invited me to go meet her family for Christmas in London. And so I went and did that. And so. It was awesome. That that is, yeah. I mean, yeah. You're talking about relationships over the internet and yeah, you know, that's this is funny because I, I don't really like using social media that much, but it feels like we've sort of redeemed Instagram because that's how she reached out to me in the first place. Okay, and we were just friends for three years, just as like writing buddies. You know, we didn't. It wasn't romantic or anything. We were just we had shared faith, and so that's how what we connected over in the first place. And then just kept in touch with each other over three years, and then finally met in real life. And that's awesome. It was like, oh wow, you're better than I even thought. That's that's a song right there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's been so fun to kind of. That's been a really exciting part of this past year, and it's New Year's right. So this is going to air on Sunday the first, and so I'm curious, looking back on 2022, what are some of the highlights for you? And then maybe what are some things that you're looking forward to in 2023? Um, I would say, you know, for one, definitely was was being able to uh, walk away from the alcohol. Mm. Um, and again, there was some, I think, some, definitely there was some God intervention, intervention there. Mm. Um, but that was the biggest, that was the, the biggest thing for me in 2022. Let me think if that was 2022. No, that was actually 2021. I'm sorry. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're good. So it's been a little over a You've year. Been, you're still in the after effects of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah just, <laughs> it's uh, good. Um, Ongoing celebration. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I'm not going back to it either. Good, man. Um, I would say some of the other things um, are, you know, my, my, my job and what I do now, being able to, to work for myself and um, the, uh, the opportunities that I've uh, been presented with over the last year and, um, you know, just being able to work from home and, um, you know, all that's been a real, I mean, huge blessing for me, you know, to, to be at a spot where you can do that. And, um, you know, uh, you know, for me, it was, you know, I didn't want to, 
I didn't want to stay with the rat race. I didn't want to stay in yeah. a, stay in the factory, you know. And um, so that's 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 a huge huge blessing. But also, you know, meeting other people as far as you know when I started going to church a little over a year ago as well, um, and just being on this journey in this last year, getting to know some of those people from my church family, um, mm. and meeting new people and and how they've helped me. Um, so, you know, there's, there's these people from that church community and people that are also connected with God and, you know, strong, devoted Christians that, um, are willing to help you out with any questions that you have. Right. Or, yeah. um, and those kind of people have been amazing and a huge ins- inspiration for me over, over the last year. Hmm. Um, but it's not just those people. It's, it's, um, people, you know, inside, for example, inside of my trading community, um, these people want to help motivate you. They want to help you live a better life. Mm. And so they're trying to put value in, in your life on a day-to-day basis. And so for me, um, I think the biggest pleasure that I've gotten over this last year, the biggest joy has definitely been growth and in mm. a bunch of different ways, you know, growth, nice. growth with my spiritual journey, learning God's word, reading the Bible. And, uh, you know, just personal growth, you know, trying to, trying to be a better person than I was yesterday. Yeah. You know. That's cool. I like that. I think it's easy to, it's so easy to get stagnant and kind of content with where we are and sort of accept like, ah, I'm good. I don't need to grow anymore, you know, but it's one of the best, some of the best advice I ever got was to remain, always be teachable, you know, remain forever teachable. And I think there's so much value in just being open and aware that I still have more to learn always, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a frustrating how easy that is to forget sometimes, but it's definitely something I want to continuously be intentional about and trying to learn more and better myself and yeah, just grow, you know, because I think that's kind of the only way to remain. Yeah. Or just to, it adds to joy in my own life when I can look back and see that I'm, you know, more developed or more further along in something in my own personal walk with the Lord or just my, you know, just in general living, I want to be stronger and healthier and better in every area of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's um, you know, like we go back on what we talked about earlier as far as, far as like God, you know, helps provide for you. Um and to be able to see that kind of unfold in your life, you know, from day to day, you know, those things that you were talking about as far as wanting to improve and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of people, you know, that's just, you know, um, that's what it is. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But you also put yourself in more inner peace. And mm. so I think, you know, um, well... I, th- I think a lot of things. We're not really here to <laughs> talk about what I think, but... Yeah, no, we are. <laughs> um, you know, Jesus came to, you know, teach his people that there's a heaven and there's, you know, he wanted to teach people that there's inner peace and there's, there's ways to learn this, you know, through God's mm-hmm. word and through God's teaching. Um, and all we have to do is trust that. Yeah. Um, and if you do, and what I've seen and what I've experienced over the last year, um, is simply that it's just, uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm at more peace, inner peace than I've ever had in my life. Mm. Um, 
And is that heaven? Is that God's gift right. to us through Jesus to have that inner peace? Is that heaven? Yeah. You know? Or is that some place out there? You know, the, the the opening book of the Bible, you look like you're about ready to say something, but the opening opening huh. lines of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. Why is heavens plural? Why is he saying heavens? Is there more than one? Mm. So I've always wondered about that. You know, yeah, that's I something like that. to ponder, but... Well, I think we get so caught up in in heaven as this place after death when it talks about in the even in the Lord's Prayer, that kingdom come. And I think that as we grow in relationship with Christ, we're meant to bring heaven to earth, you know, and create these environments that feel like heaven here and now, rather than view it as this thing far off that's we've got to get through all this suffering first and all this pain first, you know, rather than have an awareness that we have the ability to be vehicles and conduits of heaven in our daily living. You know, we can help bring the kingdom to earth with the decisions we make and the relationships that we form and just the words that we even say, you know, whether, you know, if you just choose to speak life and be life-giving it's like bringing heaven to earth, I think. And it's similar with hell, I think, where we can make hell for ourselves here on earth with the choices we make a lot of times. And uh, I think it's super easy to get caught up in the idea of eternity rather than realizing that right now is already a part of eternity. You know, we're already living in this space and time that's it's not going to end. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think people get so, such a sort of like, I can't remember what the term is, but th- they're convinced that everything is just going to go wrong and bad and get worse and worse, you know, rather than better. Because even if you think of just where we're at in time compared to where we were as a human species a hundred years ago, it's so much better now, <laughs> you know, yeah. like in so many different areas. And I think that that's kind of, the idea of Christ's return is something I think we're getting closer to every single day, and we have the opportunity to help hasten that with the lives that we live. And if we're going to be life-giving, it's going to make that come quicker, you know? Definitely. Uh, you know, God came for, you know, Jesus came for the broken and, mm-hmm. the, and the tired, and, and uh, you know, he's... He's there for those people. He's there for to make those changes in, inside of those people and and to help them with their lives. Um, but I think the bigger picture is like what you just said: is we have to be able to realize that we have those things in our lives right now. This is the moment to live in right now. Yeah. And you have to make your life what you want it to be. Your consciousness and everything about that needs to be focused on what you want in life. You mm-hmm. know, and you know, there's a lot of. You know, there's a lot of talk out there about your consciousness and what you think of and put it, put in your mind and what you take action on is going to manifest into your true rela- true reality, right? Mm-hmm. So if we think about that, you know, and we, we know that certain things like that are, are true um, just by a certain experience, you know, like, uh, yeah. like you, uh, you know, writing your songs and recording your songs, you know, you had that idea in your head and, and you mm-hmm. took action on it and you made that a reality. So I think um, if we if we relate that back to what Jesus is trying to teach us and through God's word is we have the ability to make heaven right here. Yeah. In this moment, today. 
in every single day when we wake when we wake up. Yeah. And being able to, you know, be thankful for what we have in our everyday lives and, and be grateful for what we have. Yeah, it makes the pain and suffering suffering much more bearable, you know, when you can go through life with a sort of focus on gratitude and all the things you have to be thankful for rather than everything there is to be upset about. Because I think that's something I just notice a lot in my own generation, too, of folks my age in their 20s and stuff. They seem to be so caught up in just this defeatist mindset, you know, of everything is awful. And I think it's important to be aware of where there's room for improvement, but it's it's super crucial that we don't get caught in that negative mindset of just feeling helpless and hopeless, you know, yep. and just like victims, because I think there's we're so much less effective if we're convinced that everything is beyond saving or beyond helping, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, God made us in his image and he's there to make sure that we can live the best life possible. Mm -hmm. And that's it, you know? And if we trust that, you know, to, to be, to, to be able to put our doubts and our fears aside and say, hey, we can do this. I can yeah. do this. I can make this a good day or I can accomplish whatever I want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that's the thing. I think yeah, if, it goes if, a long if, way. It, it does go a long way. I think yeah. more people should, um, you know, try and be open to that. But it's, it's a matter of, you know, those of us, I believe, that have experienced that and, and are going through that. How do we share that with other people? And how do we do that effectively, you know, to, to, um, you know, share that, um, to plant the seed with other people. So yeah. they get an idea of how a beautiful life really can be. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's so, I think it's, have you ever been to Waffle House? I have not. That's my favorite restaurant in the world. And they never close. They're always open and everyone is always welcome. And Waffle House, I love so much because I feel it's an image of what the church should be like as far as this place that's sort of a haven for the down the downcast the outcast you know or the the beaten down and the weary and um i just love the way that any waffle house it really doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you do you're welcome there you know it's like the least judgmental place on earth and i yeah i just i think that as more and more Christians begin to understand that inclusivity of heaven and that that uh, that need to sort of reach out and invite others in and include them is how we can create that for other people, you know, and show people that there is so much to be joyful about and there is so much to be thankful for. And we can experience that here and now rather than just having to go through the pain of life and existence, you know. Because it's so, it's just so, it gets so boring and dreary to think that way. I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, you get stuck in a rut. Right. It's the same old, you know, skipping record every single day. And who wants to go through that? Yeah. Who wants to live through that life? It's, you know, that, that movie with uh, uh, Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, Groundhog what? Day. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> over, same thing over and yeah. over again. Man. We're, we're, we're supposed to enjoy life. We're supposed to, mm -hmm. you know, go on ventures, adventures and, yeah. and, and seek out new and exciting things and just, you know, 
not be conformed to this little box. Right. Do you have any adventures planned for 2023? Or maybe just dreams or goals or things you'd like to see happen in this coming year? Yeah, uh, I'd like to do some traveling. Um, Hopefully that'll work itself out at some point. Um, You know, definitely want to um, scale up the home business and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I do want to reach out with people. Um, I do hope that um, I I can do a little bit more with my music. I feel like I'm falling a little bit behind. It's kind of hard to stay motivated with that at home. I mm-hmm. do I do get in the studio every once in a while, you know, but it's um, it really takes away from my focus, from my my uh, my my business, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to be able to experience as much life as, as possible. Yeah. yeah. That's a good goal. Um, I, was, I, I was curious, where, where do you go to church? I go to Lifehouse. Oh, cool. Here in nice. town. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Do, do you know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one of my buddies got baptized there. Okay. Yeah, like quite a few years ago. Because I was living here in 2017... And I, I went to church in Ottumwa at the bridge. Okay, yeah. We helped uh, plant that church when it first started. Oh, which really? Was like over 10 years ago now. And yeah, that was where I was first leading worship and everything when I started. And so I'm super grateful to that community and just the, the yeah, the church family that I have down there in Ottumwa. And it's so... It was interesting having my church in Ottumwa and then living in Oskaloosa and going to school and stuff here because it sort of felt like two separate lives in a way. Sure. Um, but I still am, yeah, I'm so grateful for all of that. But I love Lighthouse. Lifehouse. It's, yeah, Lifehouse, right? Yeah, I almost said Lighthouse. Yeah, Lifehouse. Easy to mix up. New Sharon has a Lighthouse, I believe. Okay. So it's easy, easy <laughs> yeah. to get mixed up. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it's been That's great. Cool, I've been going there for a little over a year. Um, it's nice. not a very big place, but it doesn't have to be for for me. It's all about yeah. learning God's word. Absolutely. You know. And that's a, so. When I graduated high school, I went to Florida for a year, and I did a ministry school down there at a church that was huge. It was like a mega church, and I got sort of burnt out on just that really big church. You know, or just being church being such this big event thing rather than a smaller community. Because I think my my favorite like format for church is more of a house church. You know, where you just get together with a group of like ten to twenty people and pray and worship together and study the word and whatnot. And I just like that more intimate setting more than the big showy kind of performance. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that, but I just got kind of tired of it when I was at my school that I did in Florida because it was kind of, I was in the worship school, and so it, I realized how much my faith had become so second nature to me that I was really good at knowing all the things that you're expected to say and kind of the, it just began to feel more like an obligation than an actual relationship. And so... That was, I knew that I was only supposed to do one year of this school by the end of it. And I didn't know why, but then it was crazy because I got paralyzed the following summer. And so it was like, oh, okay, that worked out well because it would have been hard to go back 
being in a wheelchair just to do that school because it was a pretty intense school where we would go on like really long hikes and stuff and we would work out together and do all kinds of stuff. But I'm super grateful I went. Um, it just taught me a lot kind of about what I, where I feel more, I guess, that I'm more, I'm going to grow more in an environment that's going to go a little smaller, you know, rather than the big, big church format. Yeah, I suppose there's benefits to to each, and I don't really see sure. anything wrong with the bigger production type no. deals as long as you're getting the message across, and other people, you know, that are there at church, totally are getting that message, you know. So I think there's you know benefits to having a smaller place, you know. Mm-hmm. You can you can um, it's a little bit more intimate, I guess I would say. Yeah. So yeah. And I yeah I guess I've learned to I've just grown to appreciate that a little more, and that's the thing too. I think too often Christians get caught up in pointing out what they don't like about church. And I think that's a dangerous thing to do because I really feel that we should be celebrating any church, you know, and I love to think of every Sunday all across the world, there's millions of people coming together to proclaim the same truth, you know, that God loves us. And so that's where I want to focus more on that rather than the things I don't like or nitpicky stuff because I think that's so... It's just kind of a trap for a lot of people, and it can lead to, yeah, throwing the baby out with the bathwater again, kind of missing the point and realizing it's not really about my preferences. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's kind of, it's almost like the perks of the internet. Right. <laughs> because, you know, if people have the ability to complain about something, they're going to, right? Absolutely, So yeah. it's, you know, as far as that goes with the you know, the church and religion and stuff like that. Everybody else has some kind of judgment on what these guys are doing over here. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so they're going to have something to complain about, you know? Yeah. People love to complain. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Well, it's such a... It just feels that it is exhausting. Like, I feel you get tired of it. Yeah. You know? It makes you tired. Yeah. Just to be... Pointing out what you don't like about everything. Where's the hope in that? You know? Yeah. Where's the hope in anything mm-hmm. if you're just going to complain all day? Yeah. No, that's, I definitely agree. Um, nice. Well, I like what you're looking forward to in 2023. I'm trying to think of other good New Year's questions because I keep forgetting it's New Year's. How about how about yourself? What uh, I haven't really asked you many questions here recently. So what are what are you uh, looking forward to in 2023? Uh, I'm looking forward to traveling. I really love to travel. I've got to go to Australia sometime this coming year, so that's exciting. I've never been to Australia, and I've always wanted to go, and now I've got a great reason to go. And I yeah, have I have too. Like thing. ever since I've been a kid, I've always wanted to go to Australia oh, yeah? for some reason. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, now you know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can hook you up. Uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting better at my other job, too. I'm a personal assistant slash bookkeeper for a business owner in San Antonio. And I just want to be as good of an employee as I can be. And I, he's been so kind to me to let me travel so much this past year because I was basically gone for the whole month of December. And that's nuts, you know, like I, I notice the privilege that I have as far as having a job that's so chill and allows me to get away so long. And so I want to make sure that I am 
showing him my loyalty and being there as a good employee and learning and growing in that as well. Because I never thought I would ever do a job that involved accounting in any regard, but it's been super cool the way it's worked out. And I've been so fortunate to just have a job that's allowed me to get so much time off and still, you know, learn a lot too and just gain some new skills and stuff. So I'd like to do that. I'd like to play more music in 2023 as well. I think it'd be fun to record some more music and write some more songs. I feel I've been kind of stagnant when it comes to writing music this past, just the past few years. It's also been interesting being in San Antonio. This is the longest I've been somewhere since I graduated high school. And so that's kind of strange. It's kind of got me itching to move again, (laughs) just because I love to move and go places. And I would be happy with life on the road, you know, just kind of not necessarily having to settle down home. But I see the value of that, too. And I, uh, I love building community and having friends and stuff. And I've really been so blessed with good community in San Antonio. So I don't want to just pack up and run away from all that. But I love the idea of having homes all over, not like an actual house, but just like communities all over the place. And that's how I feel about Oskaloosa. I can come back here and I've always got family and friends that I love to see and now Texas and Florida. And so I would love to get that on a more international scale here in this coming year. So I think that would be an exciting thing to, I like my dream is to have a home base on every continent outside of, uh, Antarctica. That'd be awesome. And that would be a big radio show too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we should definitely collaborate on some music sometime. Heck yeah, man. I'd love that. Yeah. That'd be fun. You can send me anything. And All right. I'll mess around with it. All right. Sounds good. Because I love playing. I met a guy. It was so funny. I, I was selling a car, uh, last, not last year, but the year before. And this random guy named Frank from Oklahoma. Wait, you, so you're a car salesman now? Yeah, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he randomly he hit me up and was wanting to buy it, but then he had to bail and take off. But he kept my number, and then he would just randomly call me sometimes. And I remember one night he randomly called me, and he was playing piano, and he was like, hey, I just want you to read the Psalms, because he knew I was a Christian, because I had invited him on my radio show. And he said he was more agnostic or not really a believer, but he respected it and everything. And he just randomly called me one night and was playing piano and asked me to just read the Psalms over it, uh, over the phone. And it was such a unique, I, I've tried reaching out to him multiple times, but I haven't heard from him now for a long time. So I don't know if he got a different number or what, but it was so random. He would call me and leave me these super long voicemails and stuff. He seemed kind of, kind of a quacky guy, but there was, I just love that he was willing to kind of reach out to me randomly and actually like, I so appreciate people that are just, that'll just kind of call you out of nowhere, you know, or even if you've never, cause I've still never met the guy in real life. We were just friends via oh, really? the okay. phone. Yeah. But it just, just hearing you talk about collaborating on music made me think of him and how he randomly called me that night and asked me to read the Bible for him. And it was such a cool, random experience. And That's an interesting idea. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I kept a, a voicemail on my phone. And it exported the voicemail that I got from a buddy of mine. I was going to use it 
as like an intro to a song. And I know, oh, yeah. I know stuff like that's been done before. You know, it's nothing. Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, it is. It's something different to do. Mm-hmm. Know, so, and I think there's such, there's just such a beauty to the uniqueness of every human. You know, and the like every single person has a different voice and different story, and it's so intriguing to me. I think it's so beautiful the way that we're all. We've all got such a unique experience, and you've been through things that I I will never know about or know what that experience is like, and I've been through things that you'll never know about or experience in that way. And that's what I that's my favorite thing about doing this radio show is how much I've been able to learn just through my guests and talking to people, and even if it's not necessarily like a skill or trade or something that I've learned, it's just a matter of gaining knowledge through conversation with other people and broadening my own perspective of reality in the world. And I think that's so valuable in so many ways. And yeah, it's my favorite thing about traveling too, is I think it's the best way to learn because you gain such a better understanding of just how big the world is, you know, and how much I don't know. Like I love being reminded of how much I don't know because it inspires me to continue learning and being teachable yeah yeah i that puts something in my head real quick i wanted yeah. to mention something if i could absolutely um being being on tiktok again like i was the other day um i came across this guy's profile and you know he was very jolly guy and and just down to earth and he seemed like he was having an awesome day and smiling and just mm-hmm. like you know like having the best day ever you know and so I don't remember exactly how the interaction came about us, but uh, or, or the conversation. But I do remember saying something about uh, about Jesus and about being a Christian. You know, so we st- we kind of started on that path. You know, and and I try not to be one of those guys, one of those people that tries to push it in other people's face. Yeah, um, I don't want to be that person. But he, you know, he w- he was he graciously got back to me and said, you know. Uh, you know, please forgive me. I don't want to really go down this rabbit hole. Um, in the conversation, you know, and he, and he did it in a polite way, but he's, you know, mm-hmm. he says, you know, I've had this before. Sometimes people, you know, reach out to me and they say they're Christians and they talk about Jesus and then it all just goes downhill, you know, mm. um, in so many words is, is how he said it. So it kind of made me over the last couple of weeks, some things about um, what you've been talking about and, and, and the connection with God and the connection of um, you know, different cultures and stuff like that. And, you know, um, yeah, I've just had the question is, is, is there something about us that's judgmental when it comes to that stuff? And I don't, you can answer that or you, you can just let it go. Maybe we're just going off in, into a different no, direction. Good. Um, but you know, I, something came up with another friend and it was just a couple of days ago and it was, it's the the fact in my my opinion and i don't really know a bunch of different cultures out there because i haven't lived anywhere else yeah but when it comes to these other cultures and and things of that nature everybody else has a different god now we're we're taught that we're supposed to you know definitely worship god there's there's only one god there's only one creator that's Mm -hmm. that's our heavenly father um but other all these other cultures you know revolve around worshiping their own gods and their own gods in a way teach them the inner peace, teach them, you mm-hmm. know, these kind of values as well. 
Yeah. Even though they might say that they believe in our Jesus, in our God, right? Mm -hmm. So are we the judgmental ones because mm. of certain things in contrast when it comes to religion and Bibles and stuff like that? I think that's an interesting conversation, but like I said, yeah. we don't have to really dive. Well, I think, a, I think with any religion or ideology like that, there's a temptation to get on a high horse and think, oh, I've got it figured out. I know the answer now. And that seems to be totally opposite of what Jesus came to teach because Jesus spoke of humility, you know? And I'm, I'm not saying, uh, like, I think it's it can be dangerous to get into the universal ideology of, oh, all religions are the same and all that, because I think there is uni there's uniqueness to Christianity that sets it apart in the way of it's so backwards from the kingdoms of the world where our ruler came to give himself, you know, and to die rather than conquer and lord it over us. Um, and that is what sets it apart in my mind. But I believe that there's still so much connectivity in all of that and that there really is this divine love in everything because it everything came from God, you know, and this this the reality of resurrection to me is the saving grace to where it doesn't give us a right to be judgmental by any means, but I think it should encourage us to be more loving and inviting and inclusive to everyone, and no matter what they believe, to continue to love them and as we want to be loved, you know. And I love that the, the two commandments Jesus said are the most important are love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, because I think that sums up so much of what has become legalism and judgmentalism in the church where so many Christians, I think, get on that high horse with their ideology and begin to think, oh yeah, well, we have the right answer and so we need to make sure everybody else knows how wrong they are. And that seems like a totally ineffective way to promote the gospel in my mind because I think if, if we're going to come out saying repent, repent, you're wrong, you're evil, you need to be saved. It doesn't encourage people into wanting a relationship with their creator. I think it causes them to feel more hard-hearted and turned away towards it, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's a good conversation and question to ask because I, I do feel that we so often get caught up in that and it can be just so detrimental to actually expanding the kingdom of heaven you know, when we're, like, I think of the guys that are street preachers sometimes and sort of shoving it in people's faces where it just it turns so many people off and makes them convinced, like, okay, well, now I know I don't want to be a part of that, you know, and it's like... I was just going to mention that fact, actually. I was yeah. thinking that, you know, because God doesn't want us to be out on the on the street corner, you know, yelling at everybody, hey, you know... Right. I think he, it's he, so much, it's more in the small things, you know? Yeah. And more in the actual relational neighborly things of how am I going to love my neighbor today and how am I going to do that in a way that's not not to point out all their sin, but actually meet them where they're at and help them believe in their own belovedness, you know? Yeah. Because that seems to be the hardest thing for people to get on board with is 
just the reality of, no, God actually wants you, you know, and not so he can be like your master and you his slave, but rather that he can be your father and you his child. And it's so freeing in my mind to be invited into that and aware of, oh, I'm just a kid, you know, I'm just one of God's kids. And that is so freeing to be aware of like, and no matter what I've done and what I'm going to do, I'm still the beloved of God. And I want to live, I want that grace to compel my own generosity and compel me to be more loving to everyone I interact with and kind hearted towards them. And I want to be a garden of the fruit of the spirit, you know? That was a very insightful reply to to what I started there. Thank, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. I'm so glad. Yeah, uh, you you have a lot of wisdom and knowledge about you. Ah, uh, I appreciate that. I have a lot more to learn, <laughs> but I appreciate what you said. Um, yeah. Uh, well, sweet. What else would you like to talk about? We can go anywhere. We've uh, got a few more minutes left. Um, doesn't matter. Um, I can't really think of anything, but, uh, what's, um, what are you reading right now? You reading any books? Yeah. Well, I'm reading the Bible and that's, nice. that's, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things with my trading community because they're always pushing, you know, like self help, self help books and stuff like that, mm. which I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, disagree with one bit. I, I think there are bad, um, characters out there that are, you know, trying to motivate people. And I think there's good characters out there. Right. Um, so I think these guys bring that to, they bring that to the table for us because they want to share value with us. They want mm-hmm. us to try and live the best life as possible. And I really appreciate that. But right now I'm really centered and focused on reading the Bible first, you know, so. Yeah. Um, so it's been a journey, you know, and I don't read every single day. And there's, there's times where, you know, uh, I'll be working in my office, which is where my chair is at, where I read my Bible, and I'll just kind of just look over at my Bible and think to myself, man, I probably should have read that today <laughs> or yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, so I, I go in phases. Um, right right now I'm in Judges. Um, nice. And I started from the beginning. Um, so I've got cool. the uh, new international version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to make my way all the way through it because cool. that's kind of what I want to do. And I had somebody from my church family reach out, um, when I started and I guess there's, I've had so many people reach out and try and help me. You know, I've had people help me with my questions. Um, so one guy says, Hey, if you want to know the majority of the Bible without having to read through it from the old Testament to the new Testament, then you need to read John or you need to read Mark or right. just go through, you know, Psalms or something like that. And I had somebody else say, well, here's a book, you know, I was over at somebody's place. Um, uh, they're actually a part of my church family and, um, you know, they wanted to give me a book, um, because it would help for me to understand chronologically how the Bible's laid out. Mm. And it was like twice as thick as the actual <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bible was itself, you know. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to read it from the Old Testament straight through. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. And, nice. Um, you know, I still reach out to people if I have questions, and, and I do from time to time. Yeah. Um, some gets... of that older stuff in the Old Testament oh, man. is confusing. Yeah. Um, you know, like, for example, I just finished uh, the story of Jephthah and his daughter. I, uh, I believe I'm saying that right, Jephthah. Probably. Which was the one and only son of Gilead. Okay, yeah. And he was um, 
at the time he was kind of cast out of the family. He was like the black sheep, but so he was hanging out with uh, some of the thieves and the, mm. the lower quality people, I guess you would say, back in the day. But he, uh, he brought Israel back to good standing again mm. in God's favor. And, and uh, so the story goes, uh, he turned to God and he says, if you help me do this and overthrow these guys to gain Israel back and to also redeem my father Gilead, Hmm. which he did, um, then I would um, I would make a sacrifice to my daughter. And so we're taught back in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament and part of God's law and part of God's commandments, you know, the Ten Commandments, uh, one of which is thou shall not kill. Yeah. Um, you know, they were doing a lot of wrong stuff in the communities back then, and they were sacrificing their children Mm. Um, you know, they were killing people and stuff like that. So yeah. that's referenced back to Deuteronomy as far as we're not supposed to make human sacrifices. We're not supposed to kill people. Mm. And so the story with Jephthah and his daughter kind of left like that. He was able to be victorious to be able to gain Israel back in God's favor. And um, and then it just kind of left with the verse said something like, and then, you know, he did to his daughter what he said he was. he told God he was going to do. So you kind of left it like, okay, does that mean he actually killed his daughter, sacrificed mm. his daughter? Well, God doesn't want that. You know, we go right. back to Abraham, you know, and God told Abraham back in the day in the Old Testament, you know, um, I want you to take your son Isaac to the top of the mountain because, you know, if you're going to show me that you actually trust me and believe me and mm. you're, you know, you're obedient to my word, then you're going to take your son and you're going to sacrifice him. Well, God didn't let that happen, obviously, yeah. right? God stopped Abraham from killing Isaac. So um, that's that's just one of those those big questions. And so I was on the internet trying to figure out the answers to that, and I did get some answers to it. But you know, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that are just really, really confusing. You know? Yeah, yeah. I struggle with some of the Old Testament just with understanding it all. You know, and I I love the way that it all comes together in the Gospels and how much the story of Christ is this fulfillment of the law, you know, where we're freed from this legalistic binding. Not to say that there's that the Ten Commandments aren't still meant to be followed, but there's this, just this weight that's lifted, you know, where it's not something where we are needing to win God's approval anymore, but because of what Jesus has done, we've been invited into this fold, whether we're Jew or Gentile. And this family of heaven is meant to be way bigger than our understanding can even fathom, you know? Yeah. Because, I, yeah, I think so much of the old, just the Bible in general has been weaponized and used in a way that's completely antithetical to what Christ came to preach. And it's it's hard for me sometimes when I hear a lot of these doom and gloom preachers that make it seem just so, yeah, they make God seem so angry and stressed out. And <laughs> I really don't believe that's the case. You know, if the resurrection is real, then I believe God is is the most joyful, or the Holy Spirit is joyful, you know, and actually this in constant pursuit of our hearts where it's, we're not surprising God with our poor decisions that we make, you know, and there's actually grace abounding beyond what we can even comprehend. 
And I love just reading the stories of Jesus and the parables that he told that kind of flipped the whole religious system on its head to because the people that killed Jesus were the religious leaders. The ones that wanted him dead were like the highest up in the Jewish faith. And it's so just redeeming to me to be able to to trust in that I don't, uh, there's no way I could really fully understand all of it or make sense of everything. And that's okay. You know, I think so often we get caught up in needing to know and understand and have it logically make sense to us when that kind of robs it of the mystery. And so much of it is still mystery. And I think it's meant to be because if you can understand God, they're not God, you know, and that's something where I, I, I just love the idea of the resurrection and the, the, the fact that death is not the end, that there is, there's so much more to this life that we're already living with the idea of what we were talking about, bringing heaven to earth in the here and now, rather than getting caught up in making sure we make all the right decisions so when we die, everything's clear, I would rather focus on how can I bring heaven to earth here and now and not fear death at all, you know, because we really are freed from the fear of death if the resurrection is real. And it's so encouraging to me to to rest in that and rest in my, in the faith that I don't, I don't need to understand everything or make sense of everything. And I'm okay with that, you know? Yep. But... Yeah, what is it, uh, 365 times in the Bible it says, fear not? Yeah, yeah. how appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I love that, man. I uh, I love what you said there. Mm, thanks, man. It's, it's, it's truth, you know. And that's what I love about the Bible, and, and I just want to be able to, to learn more, you know. I mm. want to gain more knowledge, um, and that's what the Bible is, you know. Um, yeah. I don't want to be that person that thinks he knows every, everything. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I, because that's how boring would that be if you were a person that right. knew everything? Yeah. What, you know, like, but yeah, I, I for, for one of your, uh, for one of your responses or one of the, uh, the replies that you asked me earlier, what I wanted to achieve for 2023 or what I was looking forward to, I would say, um, to learn more, mm. to grow more, to yeah. learn, learn and grow more. You know, that's, that's I, good. I think that's one of the biggest, um, self-achievements but I mean it's it's more of a how you feel about yourself and how you feel about life mm-hmm. you know um, and you don't really have to call it as you know or look at it look at it as an achievement right you know uh, it's it's just a, a way of bettering bettering yourself um, from what you were the day before yeah so man gosh well that's a good place to wrap it up Jared I am so encouraged talking to you and so grateful that you were willing to do this. I can tell that you have such an earnest spirit to you and that uh, you really do uh, embody that desire to learn more. And it's so encouraging to see you, you know, long to be more Christ-like in your own life and create environments where that can be experienced by others. And so I'm so grateful for your willingness to talk with me today, man. Thanks, Mikey. I, I appreciate uh, being here. This was really, really, really good experience for me, and uh, it was great to, to meet you, and maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, and let's play music sometime. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
Thank you for joining us. Beloved listener, thank you so much for listening. Oops, I Missed Church is hosted and produced by me, Micah Leverton. You, yes, you, are invited to be a guest. If you have anything you would like to share, please send an email to oopsimissedchurch at gmail.com. Please remember, this podcast is first a radio show, gracefully platformed on KMZN of southeastern Iowa, in the wonderful town of Oskaloosa. You can tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time by going to RadioKMZN.com and clicking Listen Live. Or, if you find yourself so fortunate to be driving through the southeastern corner of Iowa between 3 and 5 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, tune that radio to 99.5 FM or 7.40 a.m. You've been listening to Oops, I Missed Church, the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Everton. Go and love your neighbor.